welcome back to another episode of the Individuation Podcast. My name is James Malamus. We've got a great episode for you today. We welcome special guest Isaac Miller from The Daily Archetype to talk about archetypes and how they appear in life. It's a great interview and we're excited for you to listen. So without any further ado, here's Dr. Lahab Al-Samurai. Welcome to another episode of the Individuation Podcast. I'm Dr. Lahab Al-Samurai and I am with... Isaac J. Miller from The Daily Archetype. And today we are gonna talk about what we talked about the other day and ended up uh, not recording. So we'll try to get it right this time. Um, Welcome, Isaac. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, Okay, so basically I started the, The Daily Archetype as a Facebook group about a year ago, it went through a few different forms before it kind of became what it is now. It kind of like emerged out of me as I was kind of figuring out what individuation is or, you know, which is a endless journey, but uh, it's sort of my creative thing, but I want as much as people want to, not, not like, of course, gonna, you know, force anyone to, or even like a, uh, strongly try to persuade anyone but to kind of engage in the the process with me of just kind of using the the forms of media that are available through social media like like facebook as a some sort of a artistic expression so sometimes that's just sharing you know things from books and videos and things like we typically might do in in facebook groups but uh i think of it a little bit, not not like I'm anything like Carl Jung himself, but a, a little bit of like what he was going through with his red book and everything, where I try to actively, you know, uh, lock on to archetypal ideas and express them, and then ideally discuss those with others. And so that's what uh, that's what the the, uh, the the group is about. And then that turned into a podcast last month. And the podcast has been really um, enjoyable for me and, and, and the people who've gotten the chance to hear it so far have seemed to enjoy it as well. That's great. So uh, what type of topics have you guys covered? Or not? You know, uh, I, forget the, I forget the word that uh, poly something or plural something, but uh, basically similar to Alan Watts and some other philosophers. Yeah. I I like to try to pull from all different kinds of, you know, schools of psychology and philosophy. I like the way your mind works, but I've seen what you pull out. You, you have a knack for it. You understand it. Yeah. And it looks like I put a ton of time into it, but it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, I, I do. Maybe it's my addiction right now, but <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of my uh, f- like fr- free flowing creative process as I'm going through, you know, things that I'm I'm doing anyway. As far as you know, just reading and perusing the internet and and things that I normally do, just following my own curiosity and try to put it out in a way that uh, maybe some others will appreciate and be able to connect with and. Uh, well, so I try to, like I said, pull from a lot of different areas, whether that's Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, which is sim- most similar. What I found is, uh, you know, to, to the, the Jungian school of analysis, if you will. And he kind of, that sort of like Jungian thought kind of like lays the foundation and then like try to, to build up from there as far as, uh, individuating so it's uh, it's a process i was reading um and somebody uh, i'm trying to remember who but he called young the uh, darwin of the mind that um, mm-hmm. young's ideas was um about the evolution of the collective unconscious and how yeah unconscious came about and um, I found some interesting things uh, as I've been teaching and one of those Mm -hmm. things 
is that the archetypal poles are bipolar. And um, I've known this, but teaching is, is something else because you have to explain it to people. Right, right. You understood it while you were reading, you understood it while you were in class, but at a certain mm. point you forgot that other people haven't understood it yet. Explain it to them. All right. So, um, so the pole swing, mm. for example, if we use the term dirt, mm. from having nothing or feeling like nothing but dirt to having dirt, having rich soil that grows food, that gives life, that creates everything. The bipolar aspect of the archetype makes it very interesting for people, especially when they start to um, when they fall back and regress into the archetype or they're possessed by the archetype or the complex. At that point, these things start uh, invading and they start uh, what the youngies call possession by the complex, but right. the archetype does the same thing. It possesses you. In the mm -hmm. past, they used to call these things, um, um, you know, being taken over or... Demonic uh, even. Yes, demonic or yeah. uh, possession by an evil spirit, mm. um, losing your soul. Mm. They used to call them different things, but basically what we're talking about is uh, the complex or the archetype possessing mm -hmm. you, taking you over, feeling like mm -hmm. um, you are not in control of yourself. Right. Um, I was talking to somebody today about a similar thing, and what came to mind, a very, very similar conversation like this, was um, Carl Jung's uh, Zarathustra seminar. He he mentioned how in primitive cultures, it's very common that, you know, they would have their tribal wars, right? And then at the end of that tribal war, the warriors would come back, you know, covered in blood or whatever. The victorious hero with full of the uh, warrior archetype and somewhat possessed by it, but uh, by, by necessity to defend their, their village or whatever. Now, what they found over time or, or what they had learned and became part of their tradition, you know, because if you just like put that guy back into society as normal in their little tribal society, uh, they could be violent when they, they don't mean to be. So what, what they, what they would do often is they would uh, take these warriors and after the battle's all completely over, they would move the warrior out to the forest and let them stay there for uh, usually a few weeks and they would just send them raw vegetables to, to be on. And the idea then is that that gives the, the, the individual time to disembody the, that particular archetype that, that, that was useful for a period, but they need to get back to another one to whatever that they're, they're normal one and it's in the normal life the possession right and so right. that the warrior can reintegrate themselves back into society yeah their culture yeah so basically i uh, i like this concept so basically yeah. what we're talking about is um the archetype doesn't go away the warrior is warrior always uh, right, right. what happens is is that the possession by the archetype yeah, yeah. It's it, like you get get well, the dragon cave. Yes. Um, we have this problem in present day, right? Isaac? Right, right. So we have yeah, a yeah. lot of warriors who return to the mainland. Mm -hmm. They don't have this aspect where right, they right, get right. a chance to um, be able to let the possession go, so they could go yeah. capture themselves. It served mm -hmm. a purpose at the time. Yeah. It saved their lives. It helped them conquer what uh, they needed to conquer as warriors. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, this is a very- I mean, we, we even see it in day-to-day life with um, someone who maybe will have a, a particular job that is, can be very combative, even just competing for sales or, or whatever. And then they get home to, you know, deal with their wife and kids or, or whatever. And then they're still very combative. Uh, you know, actors talk about like, about this a lot. Like uh, I think Daniel Day Lewis, when he would have to uh, embody a certain role of being like this, this gangster, he would have to isolate himself from his family because he was playing a very violent person. He didn't want to be violent to his family. So yeah, into the archetype, right, right, right. It, it, it can, that's why we've got to be mindful of, it's like a level of possession that if we just act like it's, it's nothing, you know, it might seem like a, uh, inhabited by a spirit, which it, it's sort of that, but sort of not that. But if you uh, are mindful of it, instead of just act like, Oh no, I can do whatever I want, be whatever I want, you know, whatever, then, the, the more mindful you are of it, the, the, the better. Let it completely control you and you are mm-hmm. still conscious of certain aspects of it. Right, That's right. Thing, right? No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's uh, the other thing that, that came up in the conversation earlier is that what I feel like people often need to, to do or, or something that I've learned to do like in the past uh, uh, couple of years in my own life is I, I made a post about this just a little bit ago, how there's sometimes in a broader category, you can put work into three main buckets. One, and one would kind of be like the mindful things that are aligned with your values. Another would be the mindless things, like even just uh, laying bricks or maybe something like if you're, you can do accounting without hardly thinking about it or being a driver, you can be kind of mindless with it. And then the other category would be uh, mind numbing or mind infecting, which would be things that are against your values. And so if you, if you have a, some type of a thing that you're doing, whether it's a career or some, uh, activity where it's going to go against your values. Well, there's one, there's one aspect to it. If it's against your values, it's just going to eat away at you. And then there's the other aspect to, it might not be against your values, but you might be, uh, you know, like a certain inhabit a certain spirit or archetype where then you need to, to learn how to disembody that every day or, or when you go in a different situation. So most people are completely, you know, oblivious to these things. And that's why I kind of try to, you know, I'm not a, an expert, but what I, what I try to do is help people realize how to um, make these things more commonplace and more, you know, just in our everyday conversation if possible. Yeah, you know, I, I explained it to my students. I said, you yeah. know, you know, if you're in a bar, yeah, a place where people are drinking, you know the words, you know yeah. what, yeah. what they're talking about, you know how they're slamming their beers onto the table, right, right, right. You are, you know, and they're becoming more and more aggrandized and growing, yeah. and growing in stature. Uh, I said, you especially tell. as the drinks keep flowing. Exactly. <laughs> I said, you could tell the table of kings and queens. Right, right, right. They stare at the warriors like, oh, uh, the riffraft. Yeah, oh, yeah. we need them, but nah, they're disturbing our peace right now. We don't need them in the bar. And you could tell the magicians who are sitting in the back going, these motherfuckers are judging each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the lovers, you could tell because they're having a good fucking time. They're enjoying themselves, they're drinking, they're laughing, they're kissing. So you could tell the archetypes yeah. when they are in a space. Right, you right. could tell where they are. You could tell what they're doing. Although what's interesting about that, it, it kind of goes into what, what you touched on a few minutes ago, this uh, polarity because usually where that that comes into effect in our daily lives like that is how we will often whatever we are mostly we repress the opposite often and so in the drinking situations not always but most of the time when a person you know gets their buzz or whatever 
the repressed starts to come out. That's why oh, there's yeah, who's crying. Yeah, yeah, you have the crying, yeah. the laughing, the fighting, yeah. all those different kinds in, in yeah. different ways. And it's usually not that it's enhancing what they are. Usually it's letting out the opposite, the, the repressed Correct. side. Correct. So, that, so that's what makes it tricky. It is igniting the unconscious in right. a way that they are not aware. Because you usually our brains are inhibiting that thing that we repress so much. And then enough alcohol and it, it turns off those inhibitors and then well, out comes the I, I, dragon from the cave again. You so know? The way we think about it in Jungian psychology is like, you yeah. know, uh, the guard falls asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there are people running into the castle, running out of the castle, running into the right, castle, right, right, running right. out of the castle, and the guard is asleep. Right. And all kinds of shit is happening. You know, there are fires being set, there are people screaming, there's, you know, violence going on. But at the same time, mm. um, what you have is a situation where you could see clearly how the archetypal energies play themselves out in the world. Right, right. right. You know, so for people who uh, think of this in a very kind of complicated way, it's not complicated. Mm. Um, there's a movie called The Old Guard on Netflix. It's a new one, yeah. Charlize Theron. So the four archetypes are there. Mm. Charlize is queen warrior. Mm-hmm. But she is queen. Right. The magician betrays them. Mm. He gets exiled. Mm. The warrior and the lover are in a relationship. They love each right, other. Right. <laughs> because the yeah. opposites, right? Warrior, mm-hmm. lover. Right, um, right. So the lovers are always attracted to the warriors because they're opposite. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, the, the thing is, like, like you said, it's not complicated but it can seem complicated if you're not consciously thinking about it normally, yeah. which, which is the big difference because, but unconsciously we're just about always thinking this way. And we have well, been for- It's in every movie. It's in every right. freaking movie. You and either the, well, have the archetype, only, you have the lover archetype, you have the magician archetype, you have the king archetype, you have the queen archetype. It's in every freaking movie. Well, the, Look the at, only- uh, Let's talk about Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There is always the four. The mm. four are always present. They're always present. He is the magician. Yeah, There's yeah. always a warrior. A warrior, either a male in later movies, she's a female. Yeah, yeah. There's always a lover. In the past movies, it was a female. Now it's a male. Yeah, yeah. And there was always king. I just don't think so. So, yeah. when he sits there and the king says, I don't think so, mm. you know, the magician is trying to convince him of something. The Fantastic Four, for example, the four archetypes. Right, right. You also have warrior, lover, magician, mm. and queen. Yep. Yeah, and it's funny too because the the mood often you'll see a movie on kind of the somewhat the opposite in that the the only times when sometimes you might not like a movie or a person is like why why does this movie suck it seems like it should be great it's because they either don't have the archetypes or they don't do them well correct they do not explain the archetype they contradict the archetype they give the lover warrior Mm. traits that right, the lover right. does not have. And suddenly right, right. looking at lover is like, come on, are you really gonna make her kick him in the balls? That's not her thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's not it's, his thing. Yeah. He's not that type of guy. But what they do is they introduce the other archetype in the middle, and then he is just uh, like taken over by the other archetype. Right, but the right. problem here is, is that that requires consciousness. And I don't think they show that. I don't think they right. show that transition. So I agree with you. I think that goes yeah. out the window. And and like you said, the in the past, the 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 gender roles were largely reversed compared to now, and that's fine. But the the the, the tricky part is, of of course, any woman can be a warrior. Any man can be a lover. All all those things. Uh, we we, we all. Yeah, we, we all are all the, all the time, 
But the thing is, is if but even in when, Wonder Woman, you have the four archetypes, by the way. Right, but the the problem happens when basically they try to force certain things. Like, oh, we we want this woman or this man to be this way and this way and this way, but it has to. It flows out of the psyche naturally, and so if you try to force it into these little boxes, that's when we watch certain movies and we're like, uh, what? And you know, one star review. When you mix that many archetypes together, you fuck up the story. It doesn't make sense anymore. Unconsciously, consciously, does not make sense. Mm. You're sitting there, you're listening to one story about a certain Mm. archetype. Now, deep inside of you, in the psyche, you sense it. It's like, oh, I know what this is. And then they switch to another archetype, and you're like, how the fuck did they get here from there? Right, right. That doesn't work. Yeah, it makes me think, like, uh, on my last, uh, I'm doing this little thing since Alan Watts is kind of uh, royalty-free, so I'll, so I'll kind of... Uh, Alan is amazing. Yeah, so I'm doing this thing where I have try to, like, take, like, a couple minutes before and after my podcast interviews, and I'll just kind of, like, mix them in to try to, like, put something on topic, but uh, add a little flavor so things are, you know draw people in like of him that you want to talk about well um i was just going to mention how the the one i did last time is kind of relevant and and again on sort of the um the polarity but but he starts out this this lecture talking about how um uh there's two he says basic ideas and the basic ideas are myths and myths are images and these basic idea myth images, we have two that are competing in our modern world. And those he calls the ceramic model, which is sort of the creationist, and then and the mechanistic, which is the uh, Newtonian, essentially. And then he, he goes on to say that basically these myths can't work together unless we... Tr- and this is a, a big paraphrase to try to like, you know, make make sense for this, but you transcend it and you, you sort of combine them in, in that polarity of, uh, you know, like a, a coincidence or unity of, of opposites. And that that's really the way that consciousness slash our world works is that there's a creative force to it, whether that's the, the human psyche or whatever. And there's a natural mechanistic aspect, but you can't have one without the other. And so he's saying kind of like the, the new myth is it's a uh, interplay of the opposites, but because that's so dynamic, it's more like a drama or a game. And the ultimate game he, he kind of like says is the game of hide and seek. It's the, it's the first game and it's the original game and the, the primary game. Yeah. That's hide and seek. Yeah. Split personality. Can you see me? No, I can't see you. Where are you? Right. Right. Where are you right. hiding? I'm behind the tree. You can't see me. I'm right here. Uh, yeah, that's just the aspect of um, the opposites pretending that they're opposite yeah. when really every opposite is uh, it's, it's not unified. Well, yeah, they, they want to be unconscious of the other, but they're unified in their necessity for each other. So Sadoli says, Mara Sadoli says, mm. swings from mm. degeneration to mm. regeneration. Yeah, yeah. We swing in that, it's like a pendulum, it swings yeah, back yeah. and forth from degeneration to reintegration. And what happens is, mm. is when um, we get closer and closer to the middle, we're right. more composed. Mm. When we go all the way to the left and run all the way to the right, we're falling apart. We're going from one polarity to the other polarity. Mm. Like a baby goes, as soon as he starts like crying to like losing it. Right, right, right. And defecating on himself and whatever. Yeah. And then you go yeah. back to reintegration. Mm. So it goes from reintegration to deintegration, and it goes back and forth. This is the Jungian concept of the opposites. We are all between the opposites. Right. 
and this is the poles of the opposites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was a movie that you liked where the archetype, movie. like, you know, I, I, I tell my students about the movies that have the archetypes. The, the one that represents them most straightforwardly to me is uh, the, the Matrix. Matrix? Inception? Yeah, yeah the, ma mainly the original Matrix, but all, all three of uh, the Matrix movies get well into the arc. Well, the archetypes and uh, very seamlessly lays out the hero's journey, especially in part one. Well, yeah, the archetypes are always playing out the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because which archetype, all of them yeah. have a hero's journey. The lover and, and has what, a hero's journey, the warrior right, has a hero's right. journey, the magician. Which is ultimately about, uh, people don't realize, that's just ultimately the, uh, it's, it's a look at coming to consciousness or coming to maturity, or you, you could say even individuation to, to a certain degree. Uh, and, and which I think is, is also the whole issue of, you know, we don't want to like, tr that's where, you know, people are like, they don't want to be, you know, focused on, we don't want to like focus on, okay, I'm going to be in the light. No, I'm going to do shadow work. No, I'm going to stay in the middle. What we really want to do is become conscious of that whole process. And then uh, as the pendulum swings, so to speak, then we can learn and enjoy the pendulum ride, I guess. Yeah, well, the, here, here the thing is, is the pendulum, when it starts swinging, yeah. the, the process is, is that you build ego. Over time, that ego expands right. to a point where it can help the pendulum stay within a coordinated way. Yeah, yeah. It does not go to deintegration. It does not go mm. back to reintegration because it's, it's like in, it's moving of a couple of inches to the left, a couple of inches to the right. Um, that is what we're hoping for. That's what we right. hope to build the ego. And then as individuation continues, the mm. ego is integrated. Right. And the, the, the tricky thing of the, the pendulum where, where I think people often get confused is uh, we have to, it, it's going largely between uh, the collective unconscious and the collective consciousness which is really another form of collective unconsciousness, but just different. And so it, it has to go between both of those. And if you stay in one too long, that's where... Well, let's uh, play with that idea. Between. I like this idea. Let's play with there, this idea. So you yeah. have the collective unconscious on the one hand. Right. And you have a collective consciousness. And the collective consciousness is correct, is exactly what you say. It's a form because of unconsciousness. Consciousness says, you know, yells out in the street. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a deceitful, yeah. Right? It's a deceitful unconsciousness. Yes, exactly. It is it's not like the, conscious. It's like the, uh, the ultimate trickster. Yes, because it's unconscious. Because that's the other right. pole of the collective unconscious. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think that when we think of certain movies, I'd like to... I've been mm. trying to go through our visual aspect mm. because Hollywood has worked really hard on um, portraying the characters right. right. And when they have, those are blockbusters. Yeah, multi-billions. Star Wars. In 75 and 76, nobody knew it was coming. It wasn't because they shot lasers. It was because of the story. Well, yeah, and the hero's that's, it was and that's where people, I think, often need to be reminded that George Lucas was, well, in fact, what's his name? Uh, uh, Joseph Campbell was yes. directly a part of making the, uh, the, original. Uh, the, the, orig the original Star Wars, and Wars he was mainly influenced by Carl Jung. Yes. So what, what we have come to know as our modern dramas in motion pictures people don't realize more than anything are from Carl Jung. Yeah, they come from the archetypes. Right, right, right. It's archetypal psychology 101. Well, Batman, it, Robin. Well, it, it, it is, and it's because of what happened mainly, I think, through, just, right, through Joseph Campbell and, um, and uh, George Lucas through Carl Jung that they were able to, because normally those myths would take place over 
anthologies and you know these huge traditions and novels and everything else but because of what happened between Jung and about the time of George Lucas, they're able to squish these archetypal patterns well, into- Campbell we was can... able to uh, interpret for, the, uh, for Lucas. Right, right, so that's, that's, we owe all that to how we can have a whole archetypal journey in you know, one, two hour movie or whatever. Oh, for sure. And an archetypal journey that doesn't end. Right, right. Yeah. Now has nine parts. Well, yeah, and it can and go on forever. You have, <laughs> new, new generations you have three or whatever. Different generations watching this shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have us who grew up with this shit. Well, mm. at least not you. You are a second generation. You grew up under the second part. And mm. then there's a third generation that grew up under the third part. Yeah, yeah. And this is all the same. And so, um, um, The Mandalorian on Disney. Mm. is basically um, the shadow. Mm. He doesn't take off his mask. You mm. don't know who he is. You're not sure of what he's going to do. Mm. You don't, you're not sure, is he coming after you or is he going after somebody else? Right, right. But he has a moral code, even though he's a bounty hunter. Right. So what I like to think about is how they keep um making the same thing over and over again telling the same story uh, yeah because it's, it's all the same um concept of, of coming to consciousness like like uh, the example that came to mind i don't remember the ex the exact plot of why that it went wrong but the the last indiana jones movie was kind of like a huge disappointment place. somebody fucked it up yeah, yeah, because they, they, they got really bad at their whole, like, they, they wanted to kind of hand it from Harrison Ford to uh, Shia River LaBeouf Phoenix, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. River Phoenix or Shy? Shia LaBeouf, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the, it just, uh, they, they forgot how to, or they, they try to do these weird different things and got off the archetypes. And it, it's funny because... Shy did not play the magician archetype. Yeah, he played a different archetype, and his role was to take over his father's role. Right, right, right. That would mean they're the same archetype, but Shy is not the same archetype as father. Yeah, father so it's a magician. I I heard they're trying to they're trying to fix it. They're trying to make another movie right now. So I don't know if they're gonna do Shy or maybe uh <laughs> like uh Indiana Jones is gonna have another long lost son or, or a new protege or or what? But they're trying to they're trying to fix it and make another movie right now. Well, you know, what's interesting is that they didn't kill off Charlize Theron, although they brought mm. in her replacement yeah, yeah, yeah. in the movie. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but she, yeah. I mean, I would keep her anyway. But she, uh, why, why introduce her replacement if you're not going to use the replacement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes me think of uh, you know back back to uh, the, the the Matrix. The, that movie's coming out probably next year, depending on how much they got set back by COVID. Uh, but next year or the year after, and it is going to be a new a new generation. I mean, uh, Neo's going to be in it, and they'll be introducing new people to take on the the mantle. I mean, probably his son. Now that it's been long enough for him to have a son to grow up. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's the thing about these archetypal heroes journeys is uh, they're meant to to go on through the generations. Like there was a quote that I, I played in my episode zero where uh, in, in Carl Jung's interviews, you know, I forget exactly how it went, but basically it's like people get frustrated. And they get complexes sometimes because they're unconscious of the drama that's being played out in their unconscious, Ooh. which is this this mythology that expands through thousands of years and that they, they, they are a part of, and all they have to do is jump in that drama and they're going to live happily ever after, so to speak. But the more they resist that unconscious drama, the, the more they have complexes and get frustrated. Well, so throughout history, we have, we have basically repeated ourselves over and over again. Right, right. I mean, these are the same patterns. Right. We keep recreating the same patterns. That's why right. movies have the same story. Yeah. You know, that's why you have crime. You have thriller. You have right. action. 
you have drama. But any story worth its salt has the four archetypes. Yeah, the, the, four, archetypes the four archetypes. And... It just doesn't work. You need the lover, you need the mm. warrior, you need the magician, and you need the queen. If you don't mm. have the four archetypes together, something is off, something is awry. Right. And because we, we dream that way almost every night, even if we're unconscious of it. And so if we wake up with something that, that doesn't line up to that, then we're just like, uh, what's going on? 100%. You are yeah. very correct. Yes. Because these, this is our psychology. Right, right, right. This is our myth. In Jungian psychology, your myth is your story. Your story right. is your psychology. Right, right, right. We go back and forth. I am telling mm -hmm. you a story about me. You're telling me a story about you. We are right. both talking about our psychology. Yeah. If anybody is watching us and while we're talking, if they're mm -hmm. listening to the things we're saying, they could understand our psychology. Yeah. Well, and anytime that there's uh, two people, two minds involved, it's like there's a third mind between them. So, uh, that's the same thing that happens if you watch if you watch a movie or, or read a, a decent book. You, it's it's like you have a new brainchild with the the creator of that creative work, and it's and then it's it's your child and it's the creator of that, depending on to the the degree that you plug in and pay attention. It's unconscious in so many ways. You have always yeah yeah yep right the four and the the hero's journey the, coming the, out of it the invisibles four cartoon yeah. mm. right tales mm. of arcadia there's four mm. right and it's uh Guillermo del toro yeah. amazing story he talks about the magicians the trolls the this the that these are all ancient stories these are not new stories he's not telling a new story yeah he is telling old stories in a different way. That's it. Yeah. They go but, back yeah. multi-thousands of years. Exactly. Exactly. At, le at, le exactly at, least right. older, at least older than Egypt or Mesopotamia. Exactly. So I was reading a story today for my students. I don't know if they got it. Um, but it was a story of Gilgamesh. Oh, yeah. So Gilgamesh dreams that there's this other God that has his power mm -hmm. and that he can't beat. He tries to beat and include him. He can't beat him. Mm -hmm. he can't beat him. So they end up deciding that they're going to be together. Where does this dream come from? This dream comes from his people who are wishing him dead. They're yeah. praying to the gods to get rid of Gilgamesh because he is fucking them up. Right. So then he has the dream of the shadow and the shadow mm. comes and he can't seem to beat him. Yeah. So I, I think that throughout history, we have over and over again, before Young identified it, mm -hmm. the heroes, the archetypes, the, the yeah. shadow, well, all the pieces that fit in on the same board. Yeah, They're which is our minds. Structures. Yeah. Well, and it's important. I feel like what will always be the um, the challenge until maybe that's like a, uh, our higher cultural evolution. Like, a, uh, I forget if it was Ed Edinger himself or, or quoting Jung or a combination, but he, he made this point that um, in – in ancient times, there was the, the people would say something like that has nothing. Like if people were doing something undivine or ungodly uh, to to their their myth, they would say that has nothing to do with whatever that that divinity was. But uh, the the point that Edinger was making in the Conjunctionis uh, lectures is that in the future if we get to a more sort of like evolved or enlightened society, the thing we'll be saying is that has nothing to do with the uh, conjunctio when somebody's behaving uh, badly. And so what the, the, the conjunctio is that dynamous unity of, of opposites, the, the polarity of the, uh, the interplay of the opposites or, or yin yang and it's, and it's more, most you know, simple and understandable. 
And so what that is, is we always have to understand like, oh, here comes the shadow, here comes the trickster and how to play with the dragon rather than, or, or tame the dragon rather than always feel like we have to slay the dragon. So that's kind of the, uh, the, the interplay that, that will, that comes out much. And if it doesn't come out in maturity or we don't see it in a mature societal situation, it at least has to come out in an individual's maturity. Always. Then we have to understand the interplay of opposite, opposites, including the shadow and the uh, It doesn't trickster. hide in all of us. It's part of the collective. Right, right, right. Nothing hides. It comes out of us. Well, it doesn't we hide, but we deceive it. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but we don't recognize it. We don't Because see we it. don't want to. We want to yeah. pretend that there. we want to be like, oh, no, those other people are uh, disgusting and have horrible beliefs or whatever. But it's, it's inside every single one of us that we have this shadow or trickster or darkness. And so it's a, the only way to sort of overcome it is to accept it, which is the, the, the paradox that most people can't get. Well, we tried to kill it, bro. Yeah, yeah. We've been trying to bomb it. We've been trying to destroy it. We which just been... makes it come back stronger. Yeah. Yes, we keep recreating it. We're actually making it right. bigger and bigger and bigger because... And we... especially in ourselves, yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely, because we deal within the outside world the same way. Bomb them into submission. All right, all right. The, the problem is you cannot bomb shadow into submission. Uh, especially, and this is kind of the kind of like, uh, I don't know, tr transcendent idea on that is that there is no outside world. <laughs> it's all the same thing. And that, that's kind of like part of the, the Alan lecture, Watts lecture and some, some other similar ones is there is no outside world. It, the inside and the outside are seem like opposites, but because the inside and the outside need each other, they're two parts of the same whole. So when you're bombing, when you're go bomb somebody or try to punch somebody or whatever, you're doing it to yourself. And Correct. that's what people struggle with. It's that paradox. Correct. So I teach my students, I say, there is no outside. Right, right. There's only inside. You were born inside. You weren't mm. born outside. As mm. a baby, you were inside. Mm. The way you receive the world, the way you see the world is from the mm. inside to the outside. Everything has to come in and be swallowed yeah. and spit out. Yeah. There is, um, I don't, do you know Edward Wismont, the alchemy? Of um, not really. I, I, I haven't gotten into it yet. But he has a quote that I like right. in chapter two. It's, mm. uh, he calls us the uh, cosmic organism. And he says, right, this is uh, a quote from Chief Seattle. Okay. Teach your children what we taught our children. Mm. The earth does not belong to us. We belong to the earth. All things are connected like the blood which unites one family. Mankind did not weave the web of life. Mm. We are but one strand within it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. Right, right. All things are bound together. Who is that? This is Chief Seattle. This is, He's uh, like a... A native a, chief. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. That's exactly what we were, we were discussing with, yes. with all of this. And... Um, we it's like we have to remember that our our world is it's it's kind of like okay that was from a, an alchemy book and i haven't gotten really into alchemy but a, a lot of what that it is is it's a making the union of spirit and matter which doesn't necessarily mean spirit like ghosts but it's the psychological world and the material world and the more yeah, that we a symbolic world to the world that we call um, I don't call matter. it the world. I call it the world of matter. Yeah, yeah. The world where there's matter and there's the world where there's psyche. It's psyche yeah, yeah. and matter, right? Go on. Right. Well, yeah, and, and psyche and matter are the strange interplay too. Uh, yeah. Because, they're, they're, yeah, the, the, there's matter, the material world is sort of just a projection screen sort of for us to project the, the – um, 
because we need something to project the psyche onto. Project so onto. The, yeah, so the, the material world, what's strange is the material world is really a projection for the uh, proje re projection screen or receptacle for our uh, psyche. And so what's funny is we, you know, we'll, we'll talk about how we project onto each other. Yes. The, only way that, the only way that we project onto each other is if we look at each other as material, as right. objects. But if we look at each other as psyche, then we're just united in psyche. Then and we have to look at the transcendent. We have to right. understand the numinous. Right, right. Which, which uh, works great for whoever is, is doing that, but then the, the person involved in that who's not gets frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, but. so so part of it is, um, in my point of view, mm -hmm. that we end up chasing shadows. Yeah. Or archetypal structures that um, are in our preferring that uh, there's sit on the corners of edges that we really don't need to be mm. following because we are not that pay, paying attention to mm. the self right, right, right. is the main archetype in Jungian terms, right? Yeah. And, you know, for the most part to, I don't know, sort of put, bring light on that is for the most part, the self is always, fine in its selfhood and its unconscious selfhood what gets confused and can have these complexes and all this ego pain and everything is our, is our conscious mind and so consciously we can develop all these pathologies or complexes and whatever else but at least in sort of the the Jungian method it's really more than anything just to align up the consciousness with the beautiful world that's always been going on and always will be going on in the unconscious. Absolutely. So, uh, Edin, Looks like you, uh, Whitmod, okay, Andrew. Uh, sorry, Whitmod says that life drama stages itself right. in terms of both name, n nature, and nurture, constitution, mm. and personality. Right, right, right. Rest on both the a priori and learned responses and behavioral qualities, which may have become so deeply ingrained that we can change them only to a limited degree. They affect us like the wind or tides with the ego, the captain of our boat of a life, but not the master of the sea, cannot change. Yet, when we recognize them for what they are and see how they affect us, we can still be effective in navigating our vessel and reaching mm. our intended destination. I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, it, it is. And then what's what's tricky about that too is, okay, we're always uh, natural creatures and we're always products of our environment as well. And But in our, our nature, we have all these potentialities, like a web of infinite potentialities that we can you know, be, become and uh, inhabit as that we uh, evolve on, on all these different levels. And so it's, yeah, we, we basically are, are always going to be the same person as a human being has always been, but on the individual level, because we'll always each have our diverse role, it's a matter of inhabiting sort of our, uh, our unique calling, our unique role, where, where we're going to fit in the, the archetypal space in our, in our place in history and, and time and place. So the way, the, way, the way I like to talk about it is that mm -hmm. we are energy. Yeah. Right? So first law of thermodynamics is energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Therefore, mm -hmm. this energy and this self in this body has one thing. This is the union of opposites All right. in this body. Yeah. We have both. Spirit and matter. Spirit and matter. Very good. So when matter breaks down and dies, mm. energy still survives. Matter breaks down into other matter. So energy stays neither created nor destroyed. But this is the only self we have at this point in time. 
this self will no longer be there once we pass on. Yet, our energy will continue throughout the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange... Uh, Connection. Yeah, well, it's, it's true, but it's, a, uh, it's, really go, it's really voyaging where, where no man has gone before because we don't really have that... Or, all, we, or all of us go after yeah it's, it's a it's a it's an experience that no one has consciously experienced and been able to consciously communicate right. yeah so we we can uh hypothesize but hypothesizing about the rule the laws of physics right right but and how psychologically that informs us right but it's a uh it's something we, we must deal with because Absolutely. that's how life is anyway. E even as much as we might want to say otherwise, at any second, everything that we know could be, be completely changed, whether we're hit by an asteroid or uh, all the other infinite possibilities that would completely change our, our world as we had predicted it. We could... The, our we try to line things up into the predictable life that we want to lead, but it can completely change any second. Although in that the consciousness, as we inhabit consciousness in an individual, which will be the only journey that we know about, uh, we'll always have basically the same, same rules of the game of how to do it best and, and do it better. So whatever we, we are, whether we uh, are doing great in life or have our ups or downs or sideways or whatever, it's basically all part of the same uh, conscious process while we're alive. After, after we're alive, it can be a lot of different things that, that we can hypothesize. But we can hypothesize about. But yeah. while we're alive, but when we're saying we're alive, we are saying that... We're in this union of spirit matter. Yeah, we're, we're in this form. I think what we're saying when we say we're alive, we're connected to this form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This form hasn't changed. It hasn't died. It hasn't decayed. We are yeah. in this form. In this body, we are a unique self. Mm -hmm. um, does not say that way, but... Uh, yeah, I, and I, I, would, I would even kind of put it in... I don't know if I'd call it an Alan Watts term or, or what, but it's like forms are always changing. So I forget if it was him who said it or someone that he quoted or, or, along those, or someone along the same lines, but the, there are no things. There are only processes. And so right now we are each this particular process that is on its, uh, it's, it's changing form constantly in, in its particular process. And that may be different at some period of time, but we are a process yeah, yeah. that has a pattern. Right, right, right. yeah. It's that a pattern, process, which is that yeah, yeah. process changes. The pattern changes completely. Yep, yep, yep. Because, because the archetypes are the patterns. Yeah. Um, there was another quote I read along along that that makes me think of in the. Young's Zarathustra seminars is, you know, the, the Zarathustra seminars were basically interpreting the Zarathustra story out, like a dream interpretation. And so some, it's like a lot of it is like Q and A. And so someone made, one lady made the point that um, he was, uh, Zarathustra or Nietzsche was trying to uh, differentiate the functions and then he made the point that, you know, the, the functions as far as uh, thinking, feeling, sensing, uh, intuition. But he made the, the point that the, the archetype, not a archetype, but the archetype makes no uh, differentiating in the functions because it's the combination of all functions. And so lining up with the, the archetypes, and that's why he has like the um, uh, – talks sort of like the, the cross being the center of the mandala. And for him, that was where the four functions came together. It's a matter of uh, the, the ultimate sort of like conjoining of the, the archetype 
or archetypes is the four functions coming t together. And the four and so, functions are the so warrior, magician, lover. Yeah, well, he he would expound it out to that, but he was talking about the uh, cognitive functions. You know, thinking, feeling, sensing, intuition. Those so, are also the queen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The warrior, the lover, and the magician. Right, right. Those are the, the yeah the primary four. Yeah. And so it, it expounds is, out in a mandala. Intuition is the magician. Mm -mm. Sensation is the lover. Yep. Yeah. So um, the so the, I mean this is kind of the the individuation process of uh, combining the the archetypes as the archetype or the sort of like the, the ultimate and combining the, uh, the, the, the functions. And then that sort of combines almost to the yin yang or sort of the, as the, the Taoists would say, the, the Tao, which is the way, which of course the, the way cannot be spoken. It's the way that is no way. So <laughs> that's well, how it all come, kind of comes together. Of individuation. I think that's yep, where yep. the story of individuation is the Tao. I think yep. he got it from the Tao and, um, that the interpretation of the Tao for him was the self. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. self. Yeah, well, and it, and it makes sense too, because like the, even just the yin yang, it's the the circle that is- The opposite is the, the bipolarity of all the archetypes. Right, yeah, and, and it has to, and it's divided into fours, the, the, the two dragons or snakes or, or whatever, and then each of them has a piece of the other in the other. Yeah, yeah. So the, the four, the division of four. It's However, always a division of four because the yeah, yeah. four is a symbol of the self. Yeah, and that's why he he made the, the point, I forget exactly where, I think he made it multiple times, how that uh, the, 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 I mean, the, the Trinity isn't just from, Christianity it's from it goes from from myths from Egypt time and probably before that and all, all through uh, even you know fairy tales and everything else the Trinity has transformed over time for sure but he but he made the point that a more um, complete myth along those lines is a quaternity which right. which is what we're talking about which yeah. is the the unification of the four functions and the four primary archetypes man and god yeah man god or, or spirit and matter same yeah yep. that they're all together yeah it's a beautiful thing <laughs> well so what we're talking about is how yeah. everything fits together yeah I think that's where our conversation is how yeah, yeah. the archetypes make everything fit together mm -hmm. and it's eerie how well they fit together it's eerie yeah. how they keep coming back in force. Right, right, and right. Think about it. The Fantastic Four, mm -hmm. that is just a copy of Young's Four Archetypes. This is like, yeah. it's like somebody was reading and said, oh, let's call them Fantastic Four. Oh. Yeah. Although they, they, <laughs> that may be the case, but uh, they pour out of the unconscious too. Right. As, especially if you know, people are influenced by any kind of serious literature. Exactly. It, it comes up in every serious literature for you know thousands of years. So if you look at serious literature that has stood the test of times, it will always have that that same uh, unity and division and the uh, the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah the, the the dividing and the unification, which is basically the story, the endless story of consciousness uh, th that just goes on indefinitely. Yeah, it's what we strive for every day. Yeah. Um, Isaac, would you like to uh, promote your pod? I know this is a joint pod, so Isaac is going to also be uh, releasing this on um, his podcast. So, what would you um, would you like? Um, yeah, I'll I'll release it later. You know, you oh, release okay. it th this week, and I'll, I'll release it at some yeah, point later. But yeah. yeah, but but either way. Um, Basically, yeah, check out uh, my podcast, which is The Daily Archetype. It's on all the podcast platforms. Uh, we just did episode six, and I have a, a couple of bonus episodes too. 
but it's only been up for not even a month. So it's, I'm still figuring it out, still learning, but otherwise the, there's also content on YouTube, Isaac Daily Archetype, as well as the Facebook group that has almost 2000 members right now. So uh, that's always something to be involved in. And all of them are basically going to be found the same way. Search for the Daily Archetype or Daily Archetype one word. Fantastic, Isaac. I yeah. really enjoyed our conversation. And yeah, me too. I know we could uh, go on and talk about uh, all yeah. the other things that Young talks about because he's filled them in so many volumes that we could go yeah. on talking about it. For and us. it's applicable to basically everything, <laughs> everything that we exactly. do. In some and I yeah. think in our time right now, especially... Mm in this time, it makes sense out of a lot of things that other people are having a hard time right, trying right. to interpret or understand. Yeah, yeah. What Young gave us, you are correct. I think that it's in the books, it's in the literature, yeah, yeah. It's in, but he brought it together and gave it a name. He told right. them what is what and why they are together and how they are right, together. Right. So, you know, that big reveal was always mm. good for us to help us put things together. And it's been he, great talking yeah. to you. Yes, it was about, great. Uh, the archetypes. I hope we could have a longer, lengthier discussion about archetypes. I yeah, we'll do it again. Of, uh, young uh, women who represent the four archetypes. Oh, okay. And, um, it's an interesting conversation that they have about how they function in the world, how they think the world sees them, how they see the world. And they're learning from each other what it's, the archetypes looks like. Is, what, what's, that, what's that group? Is it, is it part of your podcast? or? or no, it's, uh, it's a private group that I have okay. with, uh, four individual students who wow. each one represents a different archetype. So we have a lover, we have a magician, we have a queen, and we have a warrior. But what I was thinking was maybe mm. um, we could have a, a group podcast. You could ask oh, me yeah. questions and we could have like conversations about yeah, yeah. to have understand the archetype. And this yeah, yeah. is more about understanding and being conscious of the archetype. Right, right. To understand the energy of the archetype and how to be able to access that energy when it's needed. Mm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun. And, and like, like I said before, I think what, what I try to do, I'm not an expert really, but what I, what I hope to help happen, especially now, cause I'm relatively, you know, new to this just, but I, I mean, I got heavily into it for the last couple of years, but I, I, that's, I'm trying to use that as a strength because sometimes, uh, if we're not careful as we get too smart, we can lose the, 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 the new people, I guess. So I'm trying to make, uh, make these things down to earth if I can. Oh yeah. yeah. That's exactly what we do. We yeah, talk yeah. about the effectiveness of the archetype. What, what yeah. does the archetype teach me about me, how right. I function in the world, how right, right. it moves me in the world, how I move it in the world, how I use it. So this is, um, the group is all about consciousness. It's about becoming yeah. conscious of the archetype, becoming conscious of self, and becoming conscious of the way we are in the world and how the world treats us or reacts to us yeah. and how we think about it. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Sounds like uh, the, the joyful journey of individuation. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yes, of something course. Like that. Uh, yeah. for sure. It should be an enjoyable journey is the way that I look at it. And the more you're conscious of it, the, the more it's enjoyable. It has to be. It yeah. has to be. Hopefully things get better and yeah. we can sit in the same studio and yeah. chit chat. Yeah, in a, in a few months in or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm by LA, you're by Seattle, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. This is, uh, we, we're kind sure we can of... Get to, uh, not not too far. Seattle, oh, LA no. flights, flights no, are easy, no. so I'm sure we can get better. Things open yeah, yeah. up a bit, and uh, they will. Yeah, absolutely. It's a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. 
Thank you so much, Isaac. Yeah, thanks for yeah, having me again. Okay, and uh, I am Dr. Lahab El Samurai uh, from um, the Institute for Conflict. This is the Individuation Podcast, and we are talking to Isaac J. Miller from the Daily Archetype. This is um, a podcast uh, about Jungian psychology, about uh, our thinking processes in regards to psychological theory and how we understand it and how we would like to share it with everyone. Um, I hope everyone has a great day and uh, in times of corona and conflict, we will be back uh, with another, another guest. Thank you and have a good day. Thank you again to Isaac Miller for coming on and helping us teach about archetypes. If you want to hear more from Isaac or learn more about archetypes, head over to The Daily Archetype on Facebook or anywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as his YouTube channel, Isaac Daily Archetype. For everyone here at the IFC Individuation Podcast, we thank you for tuning in today, and we will be back soon with another episode. at the Institute of Conflict greatly appreciate all of you listeners. Please share the podcast with your friends and spread the word. If you would like to help expand our community, like us on Facebook and Instagram and give us a five-star review on iTunes. I'm Sonia Mahmood and you've just listened to the Institute of Conflict Individuation Podcast. We'll be back soon.